0: Hey everybody, welcome to Trashy Divorces.
1: Welcome back to yet another week of the trashiest breakups in the world. My name is Stacy. I'm Alicia.
0: Alicia, who do you have for us this week and why? Holy catch. Y'all, Stacy and I are so excited. During the duration of season 10, at least, we're going to be dropping Wednesday episodes with the theme of Trashy Royals. Our first one premiered last week. We covered the path of La Peregrina, a jewel with 500 years of trashy history. The Cursed Pearl. The Cursed Pearl. And that got me really excited about Trashy Royals. And there is one of the trashiest, messiest royals that we have not yet even begun to discuss on Trashy Divorces. And I had to start with one of my favorites from the Grimaldi family, Princess Stephanie of Monaco, who literally ran away and joined the circus. It's true. She did. Also moved in with Rob Lowe after one night together. So it is a delightful journey of some messy, messy trash candy. I feel like Rob Lowe moved in with her. That is, that's actually more fair of a point. Stacy, who are you covering this week? Not royalty. Um,
1: I have American actress and comedian Sherry Shepherd, who has been so
0: unlucky in love. Um, that is the truth. And uh, anyway, that's, that's quite a story. Before we get started, let's pull out our magic mirror. And give some love and thanks to our new Patreon supporters this week. Thanks for joining us over there to hear, oh gosh, the Court of Two Queens. We talked about the uncomfortableness of Henry VIII having both his wife and his mistress, Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn, in the same palace. Awkward for everyone but Henry. <laughs> you covered Empress Wu on Loose Women mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this week. And I did a deep dive into the home that was owned by Paul Byrne and Jean Harlow, as well as Jay Sebring. Took a little trip into Benedict Canyon for some spider webs this week. These amazing people and all of our amazing Patreon folks got to hear that good stuff. Stacy kick us off with love and thanks. Absolutely. Thank you so much to Susan J., Vicky P., Tori J., Montereya B., Susie L., Jane D., Amy B. Marilyn B. Rachel G. Lisa L. Nasha H. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for supporting us. Thank you, Patreon folks. Thank you, Sunday listeners, for coming on back and joining us this week. What should we do now? We have an episode that is simply irresistible, and it's not the song you think it is. We gotta go, go, go.
1: Alicia, you have a surprisingly contemporary-ish trashy royal for
0: trashy royals this week, do you not? I do. I have a royal of the trashiest and messiest order. Like, we hear a lot about those Windsors. Those Windsors, not those other Windsors. No, yeah, those Windsors. Definitely not the other ones. Nobody talks about them. Not Bob and Julie Windsor down the street. (laughs) We have not yet spent on trashy divorces. Any time on the Grimaldi family. So I wanted to give them a little time to fester in the trashy sunlight. And there is no better way to start than with Her Serene Highness, H.S.H., Her Serene Highness, which is how it is in Monaco. Oh, where I want to go, (laughs) Princess Stephanie. She is known as... The Royal Rebel. Mm. And there have been a lot of Royal Rebel princesses through history, but Stephanie, wow. I love her story. Are you ready? I'm not sure I am. I'll give you a little intro. She's born February 1st, 1965. Stephanie Marie Elizabeth Grimaldi. Hmm. She is Countess of Polignac when she's born. It's a lot of responsibility for a baby. She's the third child. Born to Prince Renier and Princess Grace of Monaco. Where are we all? That is the former Grace Kelly, yeah? That is the former Grace Kelly, yes, okay. that is correct. Stephanie has an older sister, Princess Caroline, and an older brother, Prince Albert. Again, royal rebel. And Stephanie, throughout time, there were a lot of these scandals that I had forgotten about. This is going to be quite a ride of reminiscing through a few different decades here
1: yeah i definitely remember as a kid that princess stephanie was in the in the culture if you will
0: her fair share of controversy and scandal for sure always energetic she's artistic she's a bit unruly like her mother princess grace will call stephanie her wild child it is princess stephanie at the age of 17 who is in the car with her mother During that tragic car accident, September 13th, 1982, that will result in the death of Grace Kelly at the age of 52. It is now known Princess Grace had suffered a stroke while driving, which caused her to lose control of the car. Princess Grace and Stephanie were driving back to Monaco from their country home in France. And obviously, Stephanie survives, but was injured enough that she was unable to attend her mother's funeral. She was still in the hospital. Recovering from injuries sustained in the accident. Even worse than the physical injuries are the mental and emotional trauma that the event will inflict. Sure, absolutely. As well as the rumors that follow mm. because of it. In an interview with author Jeffrey Robinson, he writes a biography called Renee and Grace An Intimate Portrait. Stephanie will say of the accident. There was a lot of pressure on me because everyone was saying I had been driving the car, that it was all my fault that I had killed my mother. Wow. It's not easy when you're 17 to live with that. I still can't go down that road. Even if someone else is driving, I always ask them to take the other road. Mm, it's terrible. The life choices that Stephanie makes would be full of ups and downs and gossip and questionable choices and scandalous relationships. It's what we do here. And although many know Princess Stephanie as the rebellious daughter of Prince Renier and Princess Grace, there is a lot more to her. She's a little bit more complex than any single label that you could give to her. In her life, she has been a model, a designer, a pop singer, a mother of three, a political advocate, a patron of charitable causes, and survivor. Let's talk about Her Serene Highness, Princess Stephanie. Some folks may remember Princess Stephanie's short-lived but much-discussed career, two of them, as a model and a pop singer. Not a lot of people know that she has experience in the fashion design world as well. So when recovering... like a regular Olsen twin over there. A renaissance woman. After recovering from the car accident that kills Princess Grace, Princess Stephanie becomes an apprentice at Christian Dior in 1983. Princess Stephanie's affiliation with Christian Dior gives the company a lot of publicity. And they decide, Christian Dior does, that maybe having Princess Stephanie model for them is a great idea. So that begins in 1984. She appears in magazines like Ola, Vogue, and Vanity Fair. She's very successful in her modeling career until her father, Prince Renier, by 1986... This is inappropriate, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to do it anymore. And Stephanie will relent to her father's wishes for now. But just for a minute, because her next idea is designing and modeling her own swimwear line. How'd dad like that? Not great. The swimwear line was also short-lived. But Stephanie, Aquarius girl, always needing an outlet for her creativity. This actually seems a lot more fun than the... Path that Harry took. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, after the modeling thing sure. and the fashion swimmer, swimmer line thing mm-hmm. is going to begin her musical career. Of course she is. And in all fairness, we research our stories and <laughs> sometimes tell each other things about them. But I did send this video to you, which is the theme song of our episode this week. We just watched a music video. It's irresistible. Mm-hmm. It's awesome and terrible it is everything a 1986 music video should be
1: and in fairness lyrically the original song is in french and i think they just cobbled together some words it it was quite the experience though she pops out of an apple or a peach po- is
0: it a peach yeah she pops out of a peach Go and ahead, there's a Pre-lit with fairy lights, palm tree. It's, there's a lot happening. She's there. on sand, but on a sound. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about her musical career. There's a big deal in France. In February 1986, Stephanie will release that first single, Irresistible. It's a hit. It'll hit the international top ten. That song is gonna sell five million copies. Later that year, Stephanie is able to put together her first full album, including the hit One Love to Give which (laughs) is undersell it a bit, (laughs) isn't true for her life, but that song will sell 2.5 million copies. In 1987, Princess Stephanie will show her dedication to philanthropic causes. She'll release another single. And when she does this particular single, all proceeds are donated to UNICEF. I'm
1: for it. Charitable. Well, and she's rich already. I mean, she's
0: so things are going pretty good for Stephanie. Monaco royalty. She Monaco royalty. Pop star, donating to charitable causes. So with her musical career and her love life going great, a twenty-two-year-old princess Stephanie now decides it is a fantastic time to move to Los Angeles with her twice-divorced club owner boyfriend. Cool, cool, cool. Thirty-five. Uh-huh. His name is Mario Oliver. Hmm. Now, the not great thing about Mario, he has previously been convicted of sexual battery of a 19-year-old. Success does not come easy in L.A. for Princess Stephanie. It takes her five years to release her next album. It receives poor critical reviews and mediocre sales. And thus, her musical career has ended. Mm. Now, Princess Stephanie will continue to dabble in the creative world She'll release her own perfume line in 1989. So that's what she's doing in some of her time. And until pretty recently, Princess Stephanie's romantic partners have been numerous, brief, and questionable throughout time, such as Mario Oliver. Now, some of her trashiest romantic partners have been, just make a list for you, a convicted car thief, an alleged rapist, and a convicted con man who served time in prison. She has a type. She's versatile. Some of her non-criminal partners have included a Spanish singer, a French actor, a race car driver, a football star, a Belgian bodybuilder, an actor Jean-Claude Van Damme, and American heartthrob Rob Lowe. Well, did you even did you forget or did you even know that Rob Lowe and Princess Stephanie had a hot affair? Did not know. Okay. In Rob Lowe's 2011 memoir, Stories I Only Tell My Friends in Autobiography, Lowe says that when he was in London in 1983 to film Oxford Blues, he's the one to suggest that Princess Stephanie star opposite him. He admits he had a crush on Stephanie at the time. And when that doesn't happen, Rob Lowe agrees to host an event in Dallas for the Princess Grace Foundation with the hope... That he could slide up into Stephanie's DMs right. that way. right? Okay. So before that event, Rob is introduced to the princess by a colleague who knew the Grimaldi family. So it's it's already happened. Rob Lowe is really open writing about this. He says the couple hung out the first time in Paris while they're having dinner with friends. By, Lowe said, by dessert, neither of us is interested in anything other than getting the hell out of there and back to her apartment. Rob Lowe said later, he learned that between the entrees at dinner, Princess Stephanie had called her butler, asked butler to clear out her current boyfriend's belongings from the apartment before they got back after dessert. After that first evening together, Lowe said he checked out of his hotel and quote unquote, moved in with the princess. I mean, pretty smooth if you got a butler to to the
1: left it for you, right? Well, the other Just guy was up. probably a bank robber
0: or something. He's not so. Rob Lowe.
1: Come on. Everyone needs a team.
0: Everything is better when we work as a team, <laughs> Stacey. <laughs> All right. At that Dallas event for the Princess Grace Foundation, Lowe has a great time. He meets Prince Renier. Frank Sinatra will tell Rob Lowe, my grandkids love you. Rob Lowe will chat up Cary Grant. The guests who have paid $125 per ticket are scandalized. They're mad with Rob Lowe and Princess Stephanie because according to People Magazine, they arrive 90 minutes late <laughs> and reportedly spend the evening smoking cigarettes in the corner. Wow. Not mingling. Not mingling.
1: Not making donors feel special. Into each other. And their ciggies. And
0: their ciggies. On the CBS Morning Show in 2012, Rob Lowe will describe his meeting with Princess Stephanie as the definition of immediate fireworks. Describing the reason for the breakup, Lowe will continue, the relationship burned bright, but burned out quickly. We both knew it was time to move on. For all y'all who had forgotten about the short-lived firework romance of Rob Lowe and Princess Stephanie, there you go. Stephanie's first marriage is not going to start out in any kind of traditional or typical way. It's a little different than other royal marriages that are often made for dynastic purposes, as we've seen through time, more often now for love, but not always. Daniel Ducre was Stephanie's bodyguard when their romance began. So really took his work seriously there, huh? Yeah. The other thing, and and I'm going to say the Grimaldi's are good about it. There's a lot of kids before marriage. There's a lot of kids out of wedlock. So that's fun. Not typical royal marriage because both of the kids that Stephanie has with Daniel are born prior to their 1995 marriage. She really is just doing it her way, huh? Poor Prince Renier. Like, as dads go... His royal rebel wild child is certainly going to put him through his paces. So Princess Stephanie's romance with Daniel begins in 1992, much to her family's dismay. Stephanie already has a pretty rocky romantic history. And dad doesn't really like his daughter dating an employee, which the bodyguard is. There are some other complications. Daniel is divorced. Daniel has a current girlfriend who is also six months pregnant with his child. I thought the divorced part would be the real stickler. Okay. No, he has a current girlfriend. No, I caught that. Who's, who's pregnant. Who's at six the end months of her second pregnant. trimester. <laughs> I caught that. So Daniel has worked as a pet shop clerk, wow. a bodybuilder, uh-huh. and a wholesale fishmonger. Sure. He was then accepted. You, you. She would never go for a retail fishmonger, okay? Well, then... <laughs> never. Daniel was then accepted into Monaco's police force, which will eventually lead to his role working with the princess. Stephanie, the Wait. heart wants what the heart wants. Is it the monopopo? <laughs> you got a go if you see the monopo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stephanie, the heart wants, is not dissuaded by her family or the birth of that child. Daniel's son with his girlfriend Sure In February of 92 Hey, the more the merrier Hey, one month later, Princess Stephanie herself is pregnant With Daniel's child Boom She gives birth to Louis November 26, 1992 Prince Rainier still not giving <laughs> his permission for them to marry Stephanie's like, all right, Dad I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do It's one step above a retail fishmonger <laughs> I'll become pregnant again oh with baby number two which is where she will give birth to their daughter, Pauline, in May 1994. So, after the birth of their second child and Prince Renier's own double bypass surgery, Mm. he finally breaks down and allows Stephanie to marry Daniel. Daniel is required to sign a prenup where he relinquishes all custody rights to the children and promises to learn royal protocol. How has how do things go with our with our bodybuilding fishmonger? Well, the the couple marries in a civil ceremony at the Monaco Town Hall, July first, nineteen ninety-five. This legitimizes their children, and they're now the kids, Louis and Pauline are now fifteenth and sixteenth in line to the Monegasque. I believe so. Throne. Look at me. Now, things are going great. Seems pretty good. July nineteen ninety five wedding. Things are popping along until September of 1996, when paparazzi photos of Daniel and Fila Houtman, Miss Nude Belgium, 1995, were Hmm. released. Is she not Princess Stephanie? No, she's not Princess Stephanie, and Daniel is... the. Is he licking her? Sucking, licking, he's doing a lot of stuff. There are some pretty compromising positions. That's interesting. Well, the worst part... Is that these explicit photos that are mm-hmm. literally almost porn on the front page mm-hmm. were all taken on Prince Rainier's yacht. Yikes. If he gets too far from water. <laughs> Whole <sailing. laughs> You, That was good. Okay. <laughs> these pictures leave no doubt that Daniel is being unfaithful really? to our Princess Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Like one year into the marriage. So who divorce thoughts. You would have guessed. Divorce is the most obvious choice. Prince Renier not only has Daniel banished from the palace, but all of Monaco. <laughs> you can never come back to the country. I love this story. Oh, it has everything. God. Their divorce is final in October 1996.
1: And he just can never return. to Banished. Ma- I Monte, banish you. Monte Carlo is not your home. I banish you.
0: Okay. Okay, now okay. Stephanie, still attracted to whatever type she's attracted to. She likes, you know, men who are going to protect her. She moves from her bodyguard. Is there evidence? Well, now her next love affair is with her chief of security, Jean-Raymond Gottlieb. Mm -hmm. What style of fish did he sell? Well, he's a former ski instructor. Oh. And Paris policeman. Better. Okay. Ski bomb and cop. All right. This time, Stephanie has gotten wise to the ways of her family, so... Oh, is it her family that's at fault here? <laughs> her, yeah, it's your family <laughs> that's the problem. So she's going to keep it secret. Oh she's going to keep this relationship secret, which goes great until, until she becomes pregnant in late 1997. Steph. Where Steph will refuse to reveal who the father is. <laughs> <laughs> now, those close to her knows that she's romantically involved with Jean-Raymond. Sure. And assume that he is the father. Of course. But that was never officially confirmed. Allegedly. I'm just not going to tell you who the daddy is. Shh.
1: (laughs) Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Your father is the king. He can hire a private investigator, you idiot. (laughs) Uh, We're not even
0: in the best part of this story. On July 15th, 1998, Princess (laughs) Stephanie... Will give birth to a third child, a <laughs> daughter she names Camille Marie Kelly. But she just keeps it quiet.
1: Doesn't Camille tell is how
0: that would be said. No, in, she. In, yeah. yeah, but Camille, Princess Stephanie, declines to provide a father's name oh on Camille's birth certificate.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Now, although it has never been confirmed by the palace that Jean Raymond is Camille's father, Camille has recently posted pictures on Instagram of her. <laughs> And Jean Raymond. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> no, with the hashtag like father, like daughter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, since Princess <sighs> Stephanie and Jean Raymond uh-huh. have not married ever. Never even met me is not in the line of secession. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's check back in on Papa gonna preach. Cause Prince Rainier mm-hmm. is more than a little irritating. <laughs> And peeved by Stephanie's behavior.
1: Hard to imagine.
0: And now orders Stephanie out of Monaco. Wow. Mm -hmm. So Stephanie's going to take her three kids Mm -hmm. to a ski resort in the French Alps. You don't say. And it's not long before she falls in love with a Corsican bartender who works (laughs) in the ski resort. Thank you for saying Corsican bartender, because... Wait, Princess Stephanie is so in love that she'll even wait on tables at the time when he gets busy at the bar.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's
0: what you do. Well, for this time, the more normal style of life really, really appealed to her. She liked it. But Corsican bartender, out after about six months.
1: I mean, easy to catch, hard to keep, those Corsican bartenders.
0: Speaking of easy to catch (laughs) and hard to keep... Oh, no. Let's let's talk about the best part. So Prince Rainier is relieved that Stephanie has moved past her bodyguard phase, right? But what comes next, I don't think even he could have predicted starting from a love of his. See, Prince Rainier loves the circus. Oh no. And in 1974, he will create the Monte Carlo International Festival. Okay. It's a big deal, a huge deal. Happens every January with the exception of when it was canceled because of Princess Grace's death. It is the highlight of the January Monaco calendar. Prince Renier serves as honorary ringmaster until he dies. It is the allure of the big top and the performers that will be responsible for Princess Stephanie's next few relationships. God. In 2000, Princess Stephanie falls in love with the Swiss circus owner and elephant trainer, Franco Nee. Who among us has not... At one time or another, been in love with the circus owner and elephant trainer. Princess Stephanie originally meets Franco when she will present him with the prize for best animal tamer in 1997. Franco is a decade older than Stephanie. He is also, remarkably enough, a sixth generation circus elephant tamer. Family's got to do something to make a living, I guess. Well, while this relationship was not ideal, For a variety of reasons, one of the larger ones is because Franco is already married to a lady named Claudine, Hmm. who will reportedly suffer a nervous breakdown after being dumped for Princess Stephanie. And Claudine refuses Franco the divorce that he wants. Franco goes one further and only makes the affair public when he announces he is going to divorce his wife to be with Princess Stephanie. It is no exaggeration or joke when I tell you now that Princess Stephanie's next move was to pack up her three kids, ages nine, six, and three, and travel with the circus. Her daughter, Pauline, loves the circus so much that she is incorporated into the act. She literally ran away and joined the circus. She ran away and joined the circus. And while this may sound romantic, does it? The relationship will end the next year. And as you may imagine, her children's education was difficult while traveling, you know, with the circus. You just train them to be carnies. It's fine. Well, you know, it wasn't exactly posh like they were used to at the palace. Franco also is having some difficulty obtaining his divorce from Claudine. Mm. So Steph and Franco break up in 2002. Steph and her kids wave goodbye to the big top. Mm. Return to the palace. She's allowed back in Monaco again. All right. The prodigal daughter and grandchildren. Now, we're going to give an adjective to a year. The year would be 2003, and the adjective would be trashy. Cool. If not trashy, messy. Okay. 2003 was a messy year for Princess Stephanie. So while back at the palace, she's going to begin an affair with the married head gardener, and that doesn't work out great. So she's going to uh, spin the wheel of love and luck with her former brother-in-law, Philippe Junot, who had been married to her sister Caroline back in the late 70s. So far, not so great. Surprisingly, that romance was also short-lived. Now, finally, Stephanie maybe reassesses that whole circus thing. Maybe I left the circus a little too hastily. I mean, it's not so bad after all. It's Wait, not even a mistake until you've made it twice. Stephanie's going to fall in love with Portuguese trapeze artist yes. and classically trained flamenco dancer yes. Adon's Lopez Perez. Adon's is 10 years younger than the princess and a member of Franco's circus, her ex lover, <laughs> still married to Claudine. Flies through the air with the greatest yeah. of ease. Addams and Stephanie marry in Switzerland in September 2003. No family members on either side attend the <laughs> wedding. Prince Renier, furious, <laughs> is the is the calmer word for probably how he felt. Declares war on Portugal. Did you say the guy was Portuguese? <laughs> he, Prince Renier will cut Stephanie off from his estimated $2 billion fortune. Her children are removed from the line of secession. Yeah. But no worries, daddy's little girl is going to divorce flamenco dancer, trapeze artist in 2004 when Prince Rainier will welcome Stephanie back into the fold. Not to be outdone, you gotta love a sequel. Summer 2004, German newspapers report seeing Stephanie with her ex-husband Daniel again. A po- the fishmonger? The fishmonger, yeah. Comes back in the picture. Stephanie's also reportedly romantically involved with the married croupier at the Monte Carlo Casino. Oh, Oh, then there's another bartender followed by a French actor. Okay. Shockingly, none of these relationships have lasted long. And thankfully, Stephanie has not felt the urge to remarry as of yet.
1: Possibly a dumb question, but... Is Princess Stephanie of Monaco a
0: happy person? Well, let me tell you, since th- okay. no, there's there's a little bit of redemption, wild child has Calmed settled out. a little bit since it the happens. death of her father in 2005. Hmm. Princess Stephanie has seemingly lived a calmer life, taken on a more traditional role within royal duties. She's close to her brother, the reigning prince, Albert II. Princess Stephanie is the patron of a lot of charitable associations. She's an honorary member of the Princess Grace Foundation, the president of the Princess Grace Theater. She's a dedicated ambassador for the United Nations HIV-AIDS program. Stephanie really has become very passionate about spreading information and breaking down stigmas associated with HIV and AIDS. Stephanie's also the president of the Fight AIDS Monaco Association. Her son, Louis, married his college sweetheart in 2019, Her daughter, Pauline, is a successful competitive diver and has recently launched a fashion company of her own on Instagram. (laughs) Okay. And Stephanie's daughter, Camille, is working to prevent drunk driving in Monaco as the president of the Be Safe Association. That's very cool. So, I mean, live life with no regrets. Stephanie, that's a way to do it. As trash cans go... They're all located oh under a circus tent, filled with wholesale fish. I'll let you determine the number, but they're Fair. all under a red and mm-hmm. red and yellow tent. Mm-hmm. Circus has fallen down on my wholesale uh-huh. fish trash cans. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All kinds of wonky circus
1: music playing off key in the background.
0: Princess Stephanie, hell of a life, hell of an adventure so far. I, what what yeah. happens next? More to go. I'm just saying. So there's your trashy Princess Stephanie, her Serene Highness. First part of the Grimaldis. She's fascinating to me. That is so. No forthcoming albums. Not that have been promoted recently. I don't. I'm. I'm not sure. I think she's just really involved in her causes. Does she like just sit around and shit post on Twitter all day?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a fun story, Princess Stephanie, mm-hmm. like royal rebel. Wild child who seems to have settled down a little bit. Like for sure. It's just a fascinating
1: dated Lowe It really sounds like Ran
0: away with the circus. Yeah, it I mean it sounds like she really
1: there was just like enduring conflict that she had to spark with her father. Like it sounds like they had a really they just got into a rut with each other.
0: There was some imago. I would say that's for sure. Get out of Monaco never come back. and your boyfriend too don't let the door hit you <laughs> anyway that is her serene highness princess stephanie not so serene and maybe more now but definitely much more serene now quite a wild ride until we get there so we'll be back after mm-hmm. the break with your story this week not of a not a princess some other questionable choices very questionable choices
1: certainly the people around my subject have made really questionable choices as well a lot of questionable choices. No royalty, though. She was on The View, though. I guess has got to count <laughs> for something. got to count for
0: something. We'll see you after break.
1: Ready to change up your dinner routine without punishing your wallet? Every Plate is America's best value meal kit, so welcome
0: to your affordable and fulfilling alternative to takeout and delivery options. The menu features 14 different recipes a week that come together in about 30 minutes. Ingredients are pre-portioned, so you can make quick work of meal prep on your way to a satisfying dinner.
1: The variety of every plate meals is such a nice change from our usuals. This week we made the garlic rosemary chicken with roasted root vegetables, which was so good and so filling and also easy. You roast the veggies in the oven while the chicken cooks on the stove top, then you whip up the sauce in the same pan. The step-by-step cards make sure that everything comes together at the same time,
0: there are a million meal kit services out there, but every plate squeezes all the deliciousness in at a price point that won't give you heartburn. You can get started with every plate for just $1.99 per meal plus an additional 20% off another two weeks by going to everyplate.com and entering code TRASHY. One nine nine. That's a $1.99 per meal plus an
1: additional 20% off another 2 weeks by visiting everyplate.com and entering
0: code TRASHY199. You can't argue with that deliciousness. Thank you, Skillshare, for sponsoring Trashy Divorces today. It is so easy to create something meaningful with Skillshare's online classes. Skillshare is a
1: learning community that offers membership with meaning, allowing you to find inspiration and learn how to express your creativity. Alicia, you were firing up the creative engine the other day.
0: Yeah, I took the Finder Style 5 Exercises to Unlock Your Creative Identity taught by Andy J. Pizza. It was fantastic.
1: Wonderful name. I am a world historic overthinker in Photoshop, and so I thought it might be helpful if I just tuned into the graphic design basics core principles for visual design taught by Ellen Lupton
0: and Jennifer Cole Phillips for less than ten dollars a month, you can brush up on professional topics like graphic design, marketing, entrepreneurship, or get creative with writing, music, even visual art. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com/trashy
1: for a free trial of premium membership.
0: That's a free trial of premium membership when you visit Skillshare.com/trashy. Let inspiration be your guide. So, Stacey, you're coming back to us with a story that is trashy and messy, but not as royally delightful as the previous.
1: No royalty that I know of okay. in this story. Who knows, though? I, I It's Their plot twists abound. This one goes places. Friends, the story I have for you today is about a celebrity who probably isn't world famous. So if this is the first you're hearing of American actress and comedian Sherry Shepard, don't worry. Even if you don't know her work, you will marvel at the ups and downs and downs and downs of her two marriages and divorces and their aftermaths. Sherry is probably best known for her work on the daytime chat show The View from 2007 to 2014. The View is where a big group of ideologically diverse women talk about what's going on in the news and the stories that are driving the day's outrage machine. Lately, this largely revolves around the things that do or do not annoy Megan McCain, whose father, she would like you to know, is the late Senator John McCain.
0: I did not know that. That is shocking news. I uh, wonder why she never talks John about McCain. it. John <laughs> McCain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Megan.
1: As an actress, Sherry has also appeared on 30 Rock as Angie, uh, the wife of Tracy Jordan's character. She played Daphne, who rideshares back to New York with Marshall in the last season of How I Met Your Mother.
0: Marshall picks the music. <laughs>
1: yup. And she had early roles in sitcoms like Suddenly Susan, Everybody Loves Raymond, The Jamie Foxx Show, and starred in a sitcom called Less Than Perfect from 02 to 06. So,
0: No, she's very familiar.
1: Very familiar. Probably mostly to American audiences. Anyway, so those are some of the highlights of her resume. But I think her actual life and career are a little more typified by her first experience as a working actor. In 1995, she landed a starring role on a not-long-for-the-world WB sitcom called Cleghorn. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Here's what she told Ebony about this experience in 2018. Quote, That was the first job that I booked, and I was still a legal secretary. My agent told me, You can quit your job. I had that big break. And then it was canceled. I lost my apartment. My car was repossessed and I was homeless for a year. I slept on everybody's couch. In this business, it's very uncertain. You can be working one day and not working the next.
0: That's tough.
1: That's really tough. And that I feel like that is sort of the pattern of much of her life. Great things happen, but something else blows up in response. <laughs> Sherry's second divorce custody fight in particular is completely wild. So let's uh, let's work our way there. So Sherry was born in Chicago on April 22nd, 1967.
0: Uh, She's an Aries. I was just about to ask you.
1: Aries Taurus Cusp.
0: Yeah, Cusp of Power. Cusp of Power. It's tough.
1: She's the oldest of three daughters, too. So she's like the big sister. I know this is something you can relate to. Her father is a church deacon. And when she was a kid, Sunday was family day. And it was at these Sunday evening family talent shows that Sherry first learned that she had the capacity to make people laugh. When she was in her teens, her parents' marriage collapsed, and at 17, she and her mother moved to Los Angeles after that divorce was concluded. She ended up in a decent job as a legal secretary in Beverly Hills, but like many 20-somethings, she was pretty bad with money and spent that decade of her life in and out of financial crisis. At the same time, her mother's health was deteriorating. And she would pass away in 1991 when Sherry was like 24 or 25. Oh, that's sad. I know. this. It strikes me as an incredible amount of just having the rug pulled out from under her at a really tender, like, finding your way in the world age. And that really sucks. Also during this period, she went out with a bunch of coworkers to a comedy club one night and was just, like, joking around with someone in the audience before the show started. And this woman that she's talking to says, you can do that. You can be on that stage doing that because you're funny. And like, again, her whole life, like she'd been making her family laugh, whatever. So like it kind of stuck in her head. And after the show, she hung out and was able to talk to comedian Eddie Griffin, who had just, you know, come off the stage and asked him for any advice. He told her to just get on stage. And when she said that scared her, he said, well, do it scared. Yeah, do it scared. So if you were hoping for a life lesson for today, you do it. Welcome.
0: <laughs> you can do hard things. Go ahead and try. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: She started taking classes for comedy and acting, and uh, even in that bleak time after Cleghorn was canceled, she continued developing her stand-up, which was both an escape for her and was, you know, good. So doors, in the slow and steady way they do, opened up, and she got back on her feet and situated into her career. She also found love.
0: Oh my.
1: She knew her first husband, Jeff Tarpley, from the L.A. comedy circuit. Sherry told HuffPost in 2011, When I planned my wedding the first time, my ex-husband and I, we were both struggling comics. I had a TV show that had gotten canceled. Basically, I rented a wedding gown. The reception hall smelled like feet. Seriously, my (laughs) bridesmaids brought 20 cans of Glade air freshener and made everyone wait because they had to spray it. We had a cake that was made out of foam, and it was like a cake you couldn't cut into. It was really, really done on the cheap.
0: That's a trashy wedding. It's a trashy wedding. Very different focus than what we normally do, but I love it. We both grew up in Alabama. It's oh, that is a par for the course. (laughs) We would have been right there spraying the glade, babe. (laughs) Yeah.
1: She and Jeff, whose birthday is August fourth, nineteen sixty six. So I guess a Leo. Leo. They knew they wanted kids, but this was going to turn out to be less easy than they had hoped. Sherry went through two years of fertility treatments. She says, shots in my butt, shots in my stomach, a little surgery. Oh. Uh, before she became pregnant with twins in 04. The story gets a little tragic, so I'm going to slide this joke in while it's not in poor taste yet. Sherry told People Magazine, quote, We used our American Express card to pay for the entire thing. Not only did we get a baby, we got double mileage points. Oh my god. So there was a miscarriage at 11 weeks. Oh, no. um, Only one of the twins. Anyway, the second arrived at 25 weeks, which is way Way early. early. Yeah. So their baby, who did survive this and, like, is doing fine now, to be clear, was born weighing just one pound and 10 ounces.
0: That's a preemie.
1: Yeah, he had a host of serious medical problems that left him in the NICU for three months. There was a hole in his intestines, there was bleeding in his brain, and an artery near his heart wasn't working properly. I mean, he was just so early. It was a very terrible time, right?
0: Sounds like. Mm -hmm.
1: And of course, when it rains, it pours. So as Sherry was white-knuckling her way through her newborn baby's long hospitalization, she learned that Jeff Tarpley was having an affair. No. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes.
0: Oh, that's dirty, man. Oh, yeah, she
1: lands a show, she quits her job, and the show gets canceled, and yes, it's, like I said, adding insult to injury, he and his mistress would soon have a baby together. No. So for all of the trauma of all of this, Sherry does say that when she held that baby, her heart just melted, like, you know, silver lining, beautiful, beautiful babies. So... Even as they began divorce proceedings in 06 and 07, like they separated in 06 and, you know,
0: paperwork and all that. That is just a terrible thing to do to someone.
1: Oh, for sure. Because apparently that pregnancy was fairly normal and straightforward. Like, it must have, yeah, it must have just felt.
0: Oh, uh, my heart hurts for her.
1: Yep. So, yeah, even as they were divorcing, she was still praising Jeff as a good dad in the press and noting that the two boys played together and, you know
0: lousy husband. Good dad. <laughs> I mean,
1: maybe. But this split, and in particular, the custody situation, had to be worked out because when the baby was two, she went from being a frequent guest co-host on The View to main cast, which meant she had to move from LA to New York, kind of on a moment's notice, Wow! Right, like at late in 2007. This divorce wouldn't end up completed until I think 2010, it's some said 2009. In 2011, she won physical custody of their son. And so at that point, she could move him to New York to live with her. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. So that's one down of two. Uh, But if you're a Jeff Tarpley fan, fear not. He does come back into our story. Oh, good. Uh, In the meantime, all of this fairly bonzo can't possibly be real, except that it is life experience uh, led the Lifetime Network to air a sitcom called Sherry for a season that was... perfect drawn from all of that, uh, very autobiographical. In spite of everything, though, Sherry's quest for love would not be denied. During the Christmas holidays in 2010, a new man, TV writer Lamar Sally, popped the question, and in August of 2011, Sherry Shepard was again a married woman. This one stopped working pretty quickly, but not before significant events were put into motion. Namely, in the first year of their marriage, they agreed that they should have a baby using a donor egg and a surrogate. No time like the present, right? Let's do it. But something happened along the way to marital bliss, and everything came crashing down about six months into this pregnancy. Oh, no. What happened? In 2019, Sherry was interviewed by D.L. Hughley, who said of Lamar Sally, the ex-husband, the first time I saw him, I swear to God, I said, that's a sorry-ass dude. (gasps) Sherry agreed. Everybody said that, she said. Steve Harvey said it. Barbara Walters said it. Whoopi Goldberg wouldn't come to my wedding. No. Everybody tried to tell me. The only person Mm. who showed up was Kim Whitley because she got a free iPad and she was my bridesmaid. We gave away free iPads. So she sort of explained this, like how she ended up married to him by talking about how lonely it was to be in New York because at this point she still didn't have custody of her son you know, she said that her co-hosts on The View were really busy with their lives. She said, I was in New York doing The View and I was lonely. That's what it was. You can't do stuff out of fear and being lonely. All of the women of The View were amazing, but they had lives. Whoopi would go home and eat her brownies. She was gone for the night. Elizabeth Hasselbeck <laughs> had her family. Joy Behar had hers. So I was out there by myself. I didn't have custody of my son. You know, I'm fighting for custody of him. And Nisi Nash introduced me to this person.
0: Oh, my.
1: Yeah. So Niecy Nash, uh, also uh, actress and comedian, has been one of her best friends forever. And like when the when the, she split with Lamar Sally, it actually like damaged their friendship and they've had to rebuild it over the years. So Lamar has actually been much more talkative about the whole thing in the press than Sherry has, particularly early on. He spoke to People magazine in September of 2014, about a month after the baby was born and a few months after Sherry had told him that she was out of there. He said that when they decided to use a donor egg and surrogate, Sherry told him, I'll love the baby like it's mine, and then she completely blindsided him with, like, hey, I want a divorce. Mm. He also maintains that she never indicated that she didn't want the baby, which is important because Sherry didn't just want to divorce Lamar. She wanted to sever all ties to Lamar, including by not co-parenting with him. To achieve this, she challenged the surrogacy contract in court and sought to have her name removed from the baby's birth certificate. Really? Mm -hmm. She was adamant enough about this that when the baby was born, the surrogate's name was on the original birth certificate. So when Lamar moved from New Jersey, where they lived together to California after they broke up, authorities in California tried to go after the surrogate to get child support for the baby, which is definitely not how that is
0: supposed to work. Not at all. Not
1: even a little bit. So this ended up in Pennsylvania courts. I think that's where the surrogate lived. Kind of became a groundbreaking case there. Uh, late in 2015, the Pennsylvania appeals court ruled that Sherry is legally responsible for the child and that she must pay child support to Lamar.
0: That makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. She'd been paying $4,100 a month and she had hoped to end that. Again, like, I don't know what happened, but she wanted nothing to do with this guy. Like she.
0: Yeah, I'm curious about what he really did.
1: It's a very interesting ruling because it maps to a situation that a lot of men have experienced where they learn or grow to suspect that a child they're supporting after a divorce is not genetically theirs. Right. And there have been cases where a purported father attempts to be relieved of child support, arguing that he was defrauded by his ex. But courts are loath to create a situation where a kid could end up homeless or hungry for lack of support. It is almost, although not completely, impossible to prevail in cases like this. And in cases where a would-be dad has one, the impact on the kid is just, it's just pure cruelty. Like, all of this is is very tough stuff. Um, I'm not blaming Sherry Shepard for, again, I don't know what happened in that marriage, but she very clearly just was Needed
0: like- Needed a line drawn. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ah, and one more thing in the life <laughs> okay. of Sherry Shepard. Jeff Tarpley popped up again. In 2014, uh, just before all of this other drama, like she had not yet kicked Lamar Sally to the curb, he pops up and goes to court in Los Angeles in April and is like, "I need an emergency custody modification. Um she is a workaholic who is neglecting our son and he must be transferred to me immediately and she can't see him until this court rules." The judge was like, "Yeah, that's not going to happen actually." But there was uh A little dust up. There was a dust up. There was a hearing in July, which was right in the middle of all of this. Again, Sherry Shepard.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Rains. It pours. So when she came out of the courthouse that day, the judge had found nothing to support Jeff's claims. He was saying that the kid was nine at the time. He was saying like the kid can't tie his own shoes, and the nannies she has don't know what they're doing, and she works fifteen hours a day anyway, and like it was a thing. Um, It frivolous it was it a ended waste up, of
0: the court's time is the, what i'm hearing you say the
1: court decided it was fairly frivolous so yes sherry left court with physical custody of her son Great. still it was not her last day in court oh no over custody stuff oh no at the end of 2016 lamar went back to court to ask for an increase in child support payments based apparently on sherry having had a good earnings year
0: that's not how it works, man. <laughs> that
1: actually is how it works. I mean, works. it is, but... It's unfortunate, but it's how it works. Uh, Jeff has also continued searching for modifications to their custody agreement. And in December of 2018, he was able to gain more time with his son, which is, like, completely commendable. Except, according to reporting in The Blast, this led him to head back to court in summer of 2019 to ask for more money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, Sherry, girl. Yeah,
1: the Blast's report does say that Sherry had been paying, I, I, again, I can't verify these numbers, but the Blast says she was paying $131 a month under the old agreement, which if, again, I mean, if he was barely parenting at the time, perfectly that fair makes sense. So if he is taking on more parenting, that does cost more, and where one spouse is considerably higher earning than the other, I mean, this is normal, but... Still, it seems that what Sherry Shepard never wanted in her life and what she explicitly tried to avoid with husband number two was a couple of decades of bouncing through courtrooms, fending off exes who want a bigger cut of her earnings. But that is where she has found herself, for good or ill. It sounds like mostly ill. I mean, I, this the second marriage, I'm deeply curious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is terrible.
1: I don't know how many trash cans this one gets. I'm just pretty sure that they all go to the ex-husbands, who will apparently be squabbling endlessly for ever larger pieces of Forever them. ever
0: and ever and ever. Yeah. That's a bad picker.
1: It's a... Yeah, it's a bad picker. Yeah, that's so weird. It's so unusual to see a custody fight where the woman in a hetero couple is, is seeking like to get removed from the parentage. Um I think that's what makes that one particularly it is, it is different. So anyway, that is Sherry Shepherd. Don't get married again, Sherry.
0: <laughs> just just date. Maybe talk to trashy divorces. Hmm. Maybe uh reach out. We can we'll help. We can help.
1: <laughs> well done, Stacy. Thanks. Not royalty, but a The View alum. So there we go. So
0: close. <laughs> Hey, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in for another week of Trashy Divorces and spending your time with us in the trashy and messy Sunday joy that we've all come (laughs) to love and expect. If you need more trash candy in your life, Ah. don't forget, you can find us at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. You can. You're rolling through your Loose Women series. Mm -hmm, Amazing. mm -hmm. Spider webs as usual. Early ad free episodes of the Trashy royal stuff also coming out on that $2 level. Lots of ways to support us, if you are so inclined. Yep. We'll be back next Sunday. And in the meantime, wash your paws. Oh my gosh, so much clean hand washing.
1: Scrub-a-dub-dub. We should just do that forever, like even when there's not a pandemic.
0: Good rule of thumb.
1: Mask up, get your jab. And until we talk to you next week, keep your hearts very trashy.
0: So, so trashy.
1: Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's
0: store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio.